So Eric is still in Hawaii. He's probably surfing or scuba diving or doing whatever people do in Hawaii because I haven't been. But I am thrilled this morning because I have a new co-host. <laughs> Hello. Stepping in, my beautiful wife, Angela. She's going to be filling in for Eric today as we feature on the podcast Studio 29. Welcome to the channel. Jenna Gardner. Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So Jen uh, is an amazing actress, a producer, a director, an entrepreneur. The list seems to go on, which is incredible. Yes. Yeah, so may nickname me Jen of all trades in my mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Jen, tell us a little about yourself. Okay. Well, I was the nerd who sat on the couch in school reading the medical encyclopedia. So all through school, I had wanted to be a doctor inspired by my uncle, and I decided to torture myself with advanced math and chemistry, and I love biology, so that wasn't torture. But uh, I ended up getting pregnant early in life, and it took a bit of a detour. So while I was off on mat leave, my mom and I started taking cake decorating classes. Cause she cake used, decorating classes? Yeah, yeah. She had made these really cool cakes when I was a kid. Um, my favorite that I remember was Raggedy Ann. I don't know if anybody knows Raggedy Ann. It might be aging myself. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> so because of that, it inspired us to take the class together and we kept taking them and my mom kind of like bailed after a few, but I continued to do it and a school opened up in Cambridge that actually fully taught cake decorating. So when got certified as a sugar artist uh, and cool. pastry Sugar chef. artist. That's really, really cool. It is. It was pretty cool. I have like my, my certificate still at home. <laughs> and that ended up leading to an acting career. <laughs> so that how cool. did that, I got to know, how did that transition take place? So it was funny because I kept getting all these opportunities for TV. So I got monthly, it wasn't like an official monthly teaching segment. They just kept asking me back on Rogers Daytime TV, can you come and teach a segment this month? And sometimes it was twice a month. Um, same with Grand River Living. They were, we'd come when I was teaching classes and they would film. Um, and then I even got offered my own TV show. I was doing this thing wow. called The Smile Project. Yeah. Um, it was pro bono cakes to cheer people up or for people doing good in the community. We would like conspire for this special cake for them and then surprise them. And Rogers decided to pick it up. We filmed the pilot. Um, the producer ended up having some health issues. And by the time he got back, my scheduling was so nuts that we couldn't film anything past the pilot. But it was just hmm. super cool to be asked, right? Yeah, of course. Totally. So when daytime TV went off the air after like, I think it was like 11 or 12 years um, that they went off the air. They were on TV a really long time in Kitchener. Uh, one of the producers was talking to me and knew that I liked doing drama and stuff in school and knew of this TV show that was looking for actors in Hamilton. She's like, you should try out. I'm like, yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> 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 I, I ended up applying, got an audition. Uh, I got a callback. And I booked, nice. I booked Very for release. Nice. That Very was cool. for iTerrorist. Uh, a few weeks later, I kept seeing Alan, who's the director, writer, and producer of iTerrorist. Uh, he was posting stuff for a casting call for a vampire series. I'm like, no way. Like, I was like lucky to even get one. Like, I'm not even going to apply for that. He sends me a message. He's like, I was hoping you'd audition for the lead. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Wow, I'm like, wow. I just need to know that you can do a Scottish accent, which I couldn't unless I'm joking around my father doing like a really horrible Scottish accent because my dad's name is John Scott. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes to like, 
he likes to try and do a Scottish accent because he is Scottish, but not from Scotland. Uh, so I... We, lo- we love Scotland. Oh, so we I do love, love Scotland. I love to hear that. Yeah. Oh, we do so much. Yeah, yeah my family background is Scottish, Irish, um, Italian, German, and English. So like a very... You're quite the blend. Stubborn mix. European <laughs> soup, yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't know how to do one. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? So the acting class I had been taking between the first getting the first role because I'm like I need to know how to act now right because that was like luck <laughs> and getting this audition I'm like okay well my my acting teacher knows like she's a dialect coach and she knows how to do a Scottish accent so I emailed her quick I'm like Carly is there any chance you'd have time between now and tomorrow to help me with this so she sat with me for an hour we went through the exact lines I needed to know how to say and I guess I ended up doing it good enough where I got an in-person audition it worked it It worked worked. yeah (laughs) so I didn't end up booking the lead but I ended up booking a supporting role as um picked queen madwena um which I actually love more what a fantastic second role I mean what a dream so she's like a warrior queen that's (laughs) awesome fantastic yeah and she was a warrior queen so it was like another type of like action role right because I terrorist is an action role and madwena like the picked queen she's a warrior queen so like like throwing axes seeing a trend Jen (laughs) But I wanted to get into action because I, I, I ended up taking more on-screen combat than I took acting classes. <laughs> on-screen which, combat too. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's funny because that has transitioned into a couple stunt coordinator positions on some independent films. <laughs> so it, like, it all ties together. And it's just funny because when you take the chance, it, it's kind of interesting where like your life twists and turns, right? Like mm-hmm. I started wanting to be a doctor dead set on being a neonatal surgeon and then went to be a cake artist. And then now I'm an actor. And in between there, I started a marketing company. It was teaching cake decorating online. It was teaching marketing online and selling those courses on automation. So it's just, if I hadn't gotten pregnant early, would I be here? Right. Hmm. Interesting thought. Because Very that's what yeah, took yeah. that. That's what changed the, trajectory of my life right for those looking to have kids have them early <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying it wasn't hard being a mom that young right because yeah it was and it's funny because when i went back for my checkup from reese at three months they're like oh you're pregnant i'm like <laughs> you're funny like, like no you're pregnant i'm like i don't believe you and then they showed me i'm like oh okay i guess i'm having irish <laughs> twins now <laughs> but that Led to, again, having more kids because I love kids. I come from a big family. I've got like 100 cousins, I oh, think, wow. on my mom's side. Um, so I wouldn't change a thing about it, even though I got pregnant early and I was a young mom because I love every one of them to bits. And mm-hmm. uh, every single one of them has inspired me to keep doing what I'm doing, right? Because I've literally tried to create careers that um, allow me to be there in their lives. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What I find very inspiring about this yeah. um, is that, you know, there are certain people that when when you look at like parenting in itself yeah. comes with many, 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 many challenges. And I oh, say yeah. this as a non-parent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I have huge respect yeah. for parents, mothers in particular. Yeah. Um, and what I love hearing about this is the fact that not only have you been able to 
be a wonderful mother, mm-hmm. but you've also been able to juggle mm-hmm. absolutely pursuing the things that you love to do. Yeah. And like you see like the Cliff Notes version on Instagram and stuff where it looks like it's a cakewalk. It's not. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. When you have four teenagers at home and a five-year-old, it's not a cakewalk. Okay. You've got I can imagine developing. You have <laughs> yeah. um, rebelling happening, but they are very, like they're good kids. I wouldn't change anything about them and they're learning and growing and um I I couldn't ask for better kids but I'm not expecting everyone to believe that everyone is perfect right Mm -hmm. and that I think that's what you see on Instagram you see sometimes like the cliff notes Instagram highlights like the cultivated image and you don't understand that there are challenges behind the scene but you work with them and you grow with them and that's how you learn and your kids turn into adults right so one thing I have to ask <laughs> mm-hmm. is that knowing how much you take on, yeah, like they always say that every person has 24 hours in a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you, I'm just fascinated because you, you do so much, you know, you are a jack yeah. of many trades. Yeah. So right? how do you do it? You can't like, buy time anywhere, unfortunately, not yet. So yeah. like what kind of tools do you use <laughs> to, in or, and I'm yeah. sure that people listening to this will be inspired by yeah. it because you do so much. Yeah. I make the joke. I, I do don't do? sleep. <laughs> What does your day look like? What is your average day? So usually as as long as the kids are in school, I try and get as much done between school hours as possible. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Uh, I've come across this Pomodoro technique, which is kind of cool, where like you set a timer and for 25 minutes, you just focus on one activity. That's really interesting. That's a good idea. Yeah. Take note. That's interesting. So that I find is very helpful when you're like trying to get something done that maybe like you're fighting yourself against because you know like some we all have those tasks where it's like we need to do this but we don't want to mm-hmm. so just like set you can find like apps on your phone for these two it's called pomodoro um you just set the timer and you just work straight for 25 minutes and just get it done and then sometimes once you like give yourself that kick in the butt you're like then you do another 25 minutes and then you do another 25 and then, oh look it's done right so that's a technique i tend to use when i'm procrastinating and yes i do procrastinate sometimes uh i have had this thing built in since i was a kid if you talk to my mom where i act before i let my brain talk me out of it so that is a huge thing to getting things done because before my my inner voice can start going oh no you don't have time or you don't want to do this oh it's going to be too hard i just go no let's take one step okay and then let's just take another step when i decided to write this film I wrote my first two scenes and then I'm like okay I guess we're doing this right yeah yep. when, when I decided to do coffee chat I'm like okay well I've already designed the ad and I booked my best friend in okay we're doing this <laughs> right so it's just it's taking that first step and often when you take that first step then you get the the motivation and the momentum to keep going right yeah like taking a Nestle plunge like once you start the idea and yeah. you have a bit of success off the bat well let's just see where it goes next yeah so that's the, I think if you're answering your question, that's the biggest thing I do to get stuff done is I just, I don't sit around and wait and be like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. I'm really doing this. Like all these excuses, I just go, right? That's so invaluable, yeah. One yeah. thing, and it sort of transitions to our second question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it has been a brutally hard year Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. the arts. And again, we're talking film, we're talking oh, yeah. theater, any kind of arts. Mm. Um, and it's been a challenging time for artists mm. to stay inspired and yeah. to keep pursuing their dream during a time when mm. you just, you're trying to pay the rent yeah. basically. Right. So one thing, and I know you're talking about resilience, mm. one thing, you know, what has helped you during this time mm-hmm. to stay fired up, to stay, because yeah. you, you've done so much. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you've started during the pandemic, some things that you've kicked off? Yeah, for sure. Um, so staying inspired, like, 
motivation, you don't always have it, right? So you kind of have to like bathe in it daily, I think the quote is, right? So it's, what is your ultimate goal in life? And I think so many of us, we're focusing on the stuff right in front of us and we're not looking at the bigger picture sometimes. And when you're looking at like things right here in front of your face, you're not necessarily seeing everything or the possibilities out there. Albert Einstein had a really good quote. Um, we can never solve a problem from the level of thinking we've created it from, right? So mm -hmm. if you're unmotivated right now, you literally have to go to a higher level of thinking. And I love, um, I've seen this picture before. If you're like on street view, all you can see is the cars and like maybe a little bit of the buildings, right? But if you take the same address and then you go to the top of that building, what can you see, right? And that's your ultimate or life goals right there, right? Is on top of that building to keep you motivated and resilient. So like my ultimate goal in life, no matter what I'm doing, is to leave this planet a better place. So whether I'm doing that through cake decorating with the Smile Project, whether I'm doing that with acting with the hope of using, um, I don't want to call it fame, but like presence and money to help the planet, like um, Chris Evans, Kristen Bell, like all those great actors that use their careers to create a difference in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or even like marketing, like helping people get businesses off the ground. I would love to have a company eventually that for new entrepreneurs that it has like, oh, you get like 10 free hours of admin service a month, right? Um, the Lakota project, we're trying to tackle world, world hunger and food inflation right now by building that out. So mm -hmm. no matter what I'm tackling, my ultimate life goal is to leave this planet a better place and no matter what I'm doing with that. So... I think if you are not happy and you keep fighting yourself on something, ask yourself why that is. Because maybe that's not actually your goal, right? And you need to find something else to get you motivated. And inspired, yeah. Uh, I know people that have mm -hmm. taken a pay cut just because that other career path makes them happier, right? And I think that's what we should be focusing on, that the ultimate definition of success in life is happiness where oftentimes we're um, positioning success as like materialistic things, like how much we're making. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. It's yeah. very easy, yeah. obviously, with social media to, mm -hmm. to see in the field of creatives and the field of arts and mm -hmm. actors and singers, and yeah. in my case, obviously, because I'm an opera singer too, but mm -hmm. like you can compare yourself easily to other people and what they're doing, especially in the yeah. pandemic, to take a look at, well, this person's doing this and they're here and they're doing that. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of like, you have to kind of go with the mindset of this is what I'm doing now. I'm mm -hmm. proud of what I'm doing now. I'm going to dedicate mm -hmm. my time towards it and ultimately succeed and try and block out, mm -hmm. but be supportive, yeah. but don't compare yourself to other people's own journey, right? So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tricky slope. The comparison schlogger, it's a Marie schlogger. Forley. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Comparison <laughs> schlogger or gold, like Mary Forleo has like a really great quote about it. I think it's comparison schlogger, like the gold schlogger. <laughs> but it's a tricky slope to go down because you go on Instagram and you see like all these perfect pictures and you're like, oh my God, look at them, right? Why can't I be like them? It's like, mm -hmm. well, why can't you be a better version of you? Mm -hmm. I'm taking this YouTube class right now and I know I keep throwing out quotes, but like sometimes you need that one zinger quote to like hit in your head and be like, oh, right. They're like, just work on being 1% better each time. Just yeah. 1%. 100%. Just 1% better. Don't like, don't try and like, run a marathon, just work on being 1% better today. And I think oftentimes, as, mm. as you both have said, you mm. go on the, on the socials yeah. and you compare yourself to others. But at the end of the day, the person mm. that we're comparing ourselves against or who should, mm. who we should be comparing ourselves against yeah. is ourself mm -hmm. yeah, and the person that you were yesterday yeah. and how close you are then like in the future or working yeah. towards your goals. And ask yourself when you're comparing, why is that bothering you? 
what have you not worked on internally that that is then bothering you, right? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because oftentimes when we're comparing ourselves, it's because we don't have internally what we want or externally what we want. And that's why it's finagling and and bothering us. So ask yourself, what, why is this actually bothering me? And what can I do to fix that? I love it. It's a really good point, Jen. Yeah, Yeah. we're like, we're jumping right in. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you can think (laughs) of also like, I guess the YouTube mindset. I mean, we've talked about YouTube on this Mm -hmm. this podcast before and what needs to be done. And we should actually do a podcast episode just on YouTube because I have a thousand things to say about it. But one (laughs) of the basic things of YouTube, which is the most, I think, important is just being consistent. And I think that can also then go towards growth as an artist or what you're doing because when you post once a week or Mm -hmm. twice a week and you have a good thumbnail and you have a good description and you take your time to make good content. Mm -hmm. But that being said, the algorithm will catch the regular postings and the regular work and will then elevate you on the platform. So more people Mm -hmm. will see you. That's the same in terms of life. I think you just kind of invest a bit more in yourself every time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Consistency really is key in anything you're doing. And oftentimes we don't see that momentum because we back off. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay, something happened. Okay, this isn't going to work. Like, let's just bail. Like, oftentimes, I think the we, thing that's going to happen is on instant. the other side. We want, <laughs> I think also it's like the patience of it and the yeah. trust in the fact yeah. that if you keep trying the thing that you love, yeah. eventually, yeah. like I know with Steven, when you guys started your channel, mm-hmm. yeah. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, you know, at that point in time, you were mm-hmm. still learning your craft. You oh, know? yeah. You, yeah. you didn't necessarily utilize the same cameras that you use now. Mm-hmm. You you were in a library, mm-hmm. right? Like you were yeah. coming from a place of learning and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we're and still slowly, <laughs> of course, of course, but yeah. you slowly, you've built yourself up, right? Yeah. So yeah. It's just having that trust in the progress of yeah. it, the gradual progress of it. Because yeah. eventually it will like, I mean, not to give myself a shameless plug and shout out, but <laughs> why the heck not? So my YouTube channel is my name, Stephen Bell. Uh, it used to be, for, first started off as Too Lazy for Google with my good buddy, Janica Wellihinda. Then it became Stephen and Janica, and now it's just... Stephen mm. Bell. Yeah. But the idea of what we've done over that time period, now obviously, as you know, doing classes mm. for YouTube, you yeah. realize monetization, cross-monetization, mm. platform response and support and sharing mm. content, all that kind of jazz. But you never actually attain that level because you constantly want to see what's next. Yeah. And as we now hit, I think, 4,000 subscribers, as I continue my shameless plug, it's... <laughs> It's also, you realize that I look up to people like, for example, and this is on the tech realm, like a Nigel yeah. Barros. And Nigel Barros, for those who don't know, great guy. I would love to have you on the podcast, Nigel. So we'll talk <laughs> at some point. But he's also a, a videographer, shoots yeah. wedding videography, has his own channel. And I love seeing his progress because he is at like, I think, 125,000 subscribers. He's yeah. got a dedicated Patreon, all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like goals to what I'd like to work for. Yeah. Not like YouTube's a full-time job. Yeah. But let's be honest, having residual income is a wonderful thing. Yeah. But some people do Absolutely. make YouTube a full-time job, right? Yeah. Oh, it is a lot of, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I know <laughs> Yeah. I know people just doing YouTube <clears throat> making like $300,000 a year off of it right it's now. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So you can make YouTube a full-time job. It's no longer like, oh my God, you're a YouTuber. It's like, no, like this can be like such a great if you have a platform that can offer genuine value to people yeah Mm -hmm. you absolutely can make it a full-time job and if you take your this is also a little like kind of hidden Mm. secret but your instagram followers like Mm. 
bow down to you. You have like 12,000 followers on Instagram, which is amazing. Well, 11, 11, two, but yeah, thank you. We'll round it up to 12. (laughs) But but that being said, if you take and also on Instagram, start to advertise yourself or just promote your YouTube channel, you you might get 10% of those followers just hopping over to YouTube. Yeah. Like I had done a a story a while back and like, Hey everybody, I have a YouTube channel. I would love if you follow me. And I ended up gaining about a hundred followers off of just that story. Right. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had other friends like sharing with their friends like go follow her I'm like mm-hmm. thank you guys because <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. right? my ultimate goal is to have that as a residual income source right that's hence the coffee chats and I'm not yep. just like I think when people create things they start to like throw spaghetti at the wall and you need to think of um why are you doing this like what value are you providing people right and I think that's when you see also momentum is when you're providing value because a lot of times we're like oh what's in it for me it's like no what's in it for the people you're doing this for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes right? absolutely mm-hmm. and that's when you see growth it's when you start to focus on what's in it for them not what's in it for you mm-hmm. yeah care about the other people first and then they'll care about you yeah that's that's very wise advice yeah I think I want to call this podcast throwing spaghetti against the wall <laughs> That's a, that's a great line. <laughs> well, I mean, moving along, the I guess one question we also have for you is like, what is one skill that you have that people might not even know about? I guess you probably talked about cake, you yeah. know, and sugar work, obviously, yeah. in that kind of area. But like, what would you be excited to utilize those skills potentially in an upcoming project? Ooh, I think my medical knowledge, because despite Ooh. the fact that like I I like sugarcoated all my careers, but I had gone back to school a bunch of times for like nursing and dental assisting mm-hmm. and like all sorts of things like wow never actually like fully gone through them because i was like there was always this void after i didn't become a doctor right so i was always like trying to fill it with something like i have psw training like there's i was a red cross first responder um wow. i taught as an instructor for red cross so i had like all this medical knowledge that i would like just love to throw into a medical show right very cool <laughs> that's that is something that is hard yeah i mean medical yeah. medical terminology is a whole yeah added skill does your yeah. agent know that you that you can do that yeah yeah that, 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 that's that's <laughs> yeah. a fantastic skill having having had yeah. having had a couple of medical editions myself i can yeah. speak to the fact that that yeah. that is a skill that yeah is. so like i know all the terminology i know how to do like a lot of stuff like when like my first responder red cross course we learned how to like extricate people from vehicles and stuff right wow, so cool. like i have all that training and i would love to use it on set so Medical shows, <laughs> medical shows, casting here in Canada. Pay note, pay note. Far more than having a set of scrubs there in the closet. You got to have yes. the, the, the knowledge behind it. it was, it's kind of funny because I learned how to kill people with on-screen combat. And then my first responder course, I know how to like save people. So, like, so you can both kill them and you can save them. Right? Yeah, I can teach you how to behead somebody as well as I can teach you how to like extricate somebody from a vehicle. Get you a girl who can do both. Yes. 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 You know, both, here I am. Yes. <laughs> Take her home to beat mom, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I guess like you have a lot of projects coming up and some that you one that we're a part of. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about what's around the corner for you. Yeah. So COVID, oh, COVID, oh, COVID. <laughs> I'm just going to say COVID one more time. <laughs> it's, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's such a bummer, pain in the butt. Hard. Yeah. yeah I'm trying not to spare it right now. Emotional exhaustion. Yes. Because Absolutely. everything keeps getting pushed back. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as far as I know, 
the Chronicles of Blood and I Terrorist are going to come out this year. But we Yay. have yet to film I Terrorist. So we still have to film it because it got pushed off because of COVID. Uh-huh. But the Chronicles of Blood has been shot. So it's supposed to be coming out this year on Friday. And shout out to Very Alan Sonia, right? Alan Sonia, yeah. Phenomenal, cool. Phenomenal um, director, um, cinematographer, mm-hmm. writer, producer. Like he's like wardrobe creator, prop creator. Like he mm-hmm. is like an Allen of all trades, okay? Yep. Jack of all trades, Allen of all trades, Jen of all trades, yep. So, That's what you have to be in film sometimes, yeah. Especially right? in independent Absolutely. film. Yeah. So um, that is hopefully coming out this year. Um, again, it, it all depends on like the delays and stuff because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's it's up in the air when sometimes this stuff right now. Um, but the one I'm really excited about working with you guys is um, Tet. So the emotional terrorist, I've shortened it to Tet. Yeah, <laughs> so how about you tell our listeners a little bit about this exciting project coming up? What can yeah. they expect? Yeah. So it was inspired by a friend's story. So of course, we can't like just like take a real story and just like plug it in as is, right? So of course, there's like made up scenes and stuff. Um, but ideally, it's focusing on um, a relationship of narcissistic personality disorder. Um I can't tell you who because you got to watch the movie to find out who actually is the emotional terrorist. <laughs> but um, so Emma and James, they get married and the, the life events that fall, uh, you're stepping into sort of like a psychological thriller. Ooh. Yeah. This is a film too. This is not a short film. You're no, making a, a full feature. feature. This film. is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jen, you know, just like take take the whole neck yard here hats <laughs> off to you i mean you do not you you do not walk you run mm-hmm. you know it, good yeah, for you good point. but now i'm sitting here going uh, like did i like bite off more than i can do no john you got this like like you know, like the war in your head right like, for sure just tell like the little voice in your head to shh and sit down sometimes uh, you just gotta do it yeah sometimes you do right just do it yeah yeah so i i'm almost finished writing the full script i've got 20 pages left so i'm excited for that just i, I had scenes outlined i just have to like finish building them out and then we have a full script to go off of and then it's a matter of okay we got funding and the union paperwork oh the union paperwork oh actor paperwork <laughs> is a lot of fun yeah oh, you guys probably know all about I this right now this. <laughs> a lot of work, yeah. yeah um and then i'm i was casting but i am now that i've got like my main people i'm handing casting off um to carly um granovsky she's oh yes amazing Carly. yes so wow, i'm cool. gonna hand the rest off to her because i'm like i don't want to keep wearing all the hats um yeah delegating and, is important obviously yes. to film yeah and she's gonna be our co-director i'm yeah. very excited i'm very excited <laughs> to be on board yes having having seen a preview of the working uh, in progress script it looks yeah. really really good guys so yeah. it's, look forward to it really really yeah. poignant themes really yeah. believable uh, true to life characters. Yeah. Well, some of these, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but um, some of these scenes are pulled directly out of her life because her lawyer asked her to record interactions between them when he started acting crazy so that she would have a backup wow. in court. Oh, wow, cool. So some of these audios I'm listening to going, oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so some of the, the fight scenes are actually pulled directly out of her life. So I think, and I, and oh. I, I, I have admiration, pardon yeah. me, for anyone yeah. who decides to write a story because yeah. it's hard. Having yeah. spoken, I'm coming from yeah. a place of now I'm working on my second script. Yeah. It's hard. It's oh really, it, yeah. mm-hmm. I yeah. think that a lot of people who absorb content mm. um, don't necessarily know how challenging it, it really yeah. is to write a compelling story. Yeah. Um, and what I have so much admiration, admiration for what you've done mm-hmm. is that as hard as it is to write a story, you've not only written a story, but mm. you've written one that 
speaks to mm. really, really meaningful themes. Yeah. Difficult mm-hmm. themes. Well, Difficult and themes, I was yeah. trying to showcase why people stay in these relationships, right? Um, at the same time, of course, we have to make it for, for TV or for Netflix or for anime. Like, you know, like not, not everything in real life can translate onto film, right? So then you have to mm-hmm. put pull in these like fictional scenarios and stuff to like beef it up, right? I could potentially just take her life and put it on because what she went through, it was like she was in her own psychological thriller, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in this story, there's a twist, ladies and gentlemen. Who is the emotional <laughs> terrorist? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, looking at the script too, because uh, I'm doing the cinematography for it. I'm the director of photography. Yeah. So that, that's the other point. We have to bring it to life. So hello, yeah. Steven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is my first, like, we've, I've done lots of feature works for music companies being in the arts, and I've done yeah. various works, obviously, in that. This yeah. is my first, I guess, narrative full-length feature that is not music related, which is exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, and seeing the script, there's a lot of different locations and a lot of different you know scenarios to shoot so it's going to be a very interesting shot list to build yeah and i was trying to what i was trying to do is i was trying to reuse locations but make it look different so like the pub patio like is there like a patio we can get like at a hall that we could like dress up differently for these different restaurants oh set dressing is a lot of fun yes so that's like (laughs) that was my thinking like is there a house that we could potentially use for like shooting for like two of the houses and we just dress it up different, right? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Strategic mm-hmm. thinking, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that you have to think of indie when you're film budgeting, ladies right? and gentlemen. This, <laughs> yeah. is the, this is the thoughts so that go behind it. It looks like a lot of locations, but can we condense them somehow to make it look like it's multiple locations, but we're only at actually one? Absolutely, you can. Yeah, Yeah, you you can. can. Yeah, you can turn you can turn things around, and lighting can do all sorts of wonders. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting because there's there's also, Mm. I mean, in this case, since Mm. the subject matter is uh, is difficult in certain sections, you have you have intimacy. Mm. There is violence. Yeah. And all of these things have to be planned. They have mm. to be, you know, obviously coordinated. So it's going to yeah. be very interesting. You know, mm. it's not just a, a short film, which is how a short film, I guess, can be for those who might not know, mm. is that you have to kind of cook right off the bat. It's got to get going. Yeah. You know, the first minute or two, it's got to suck your viewer in because you only yeah. have 20 minutes to work with. Mm. But a feature can be an hour and a half. It can be two yeah. hours. And it's more of a slow boil to a crescendo. So all those, yeah. everything has to have weight behind it. Yeah. And th- that's the thing too. When writing, it's like, okay, well, I, I plugged in the beginning and then I plugged in the end and then I plugged in the middle. So now I am like building out from the middle out to the end and out to the beginning, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you get these ideas, right? And then now you have to build it out. Like he was saying, there's like this crescendo, like, oh my gosh, like, okay, now I get it. And especially in a thriller, mm-hmm. because there's always a twist, right? You're like, oh, I didn't see that coming, right? But you throw in hints. You have to throw in those hints along the way, too, that people go back and be like, oh my gosh, that's what that Peppering was. Peppering it in, yes. Right. Yeah, where like you'd miss it if you weren't looking for it, but then now you've seen it, so now you know what that was. It makes them want to rewatch it again. Yeah, and so, see those things. And yeah. you're you're right. It is it's hard subject matter, um, and I'm lucky to have a screen partner like Mike for mm-hmm. those scenes. I've worked with Mike before. He's an extremely talented actor. I know he's got the range to do that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I've got the trust and friendship with him, right, to do those scenes mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. So that's. Another thing, too, when you're doing these films and you're doing those type of scenes, you want somebody that you trust and that um, you can play off of and then you can talk to openly about what you're doing in these scenes. So important. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm lucky to have Mike for that. And then, of course, I'm building out the rest of my dream team. Hello, Angie. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Give a plug to, like, So Nier grateful to Alicia. be part of it. Yeah. yeah. And all the amazingly talented people. Johnny's coming on, too. Johnny Gauthier. Um, so I'm really excited because I've worked with some of you before, and I've not worked with the others, but I've seen your work. And I was really trying to put together a cast um, that could bring this crazy, twisty story to life. Um, as well as write you all roles based off your personalities. So uh, yeah. So that's that's the fun thing is once you plug somebody into a role, you like, start to see them in it. Yeah, and yeah. then you can start to like tweak the wording to what they would say in real life. Like Johnny, if you read his scenes and if you've ever met him in real life, the bit my big brother in the movie. Oh my god, it, it's such a Johnny thing to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny humor. So like that's the type of thing where it, it starts to be fun plugging mm-hmm. these in. It's like, oh uh, yeah, I can totally see these people doing this. Do so. you have like a? I guess I always ask clients this whenever mm. we do a, a video project mm. or any kind of mm. cinematic work that we do. Mm. Do you have an inspiration of a particular type of filmmaking that? you like for example like a Wes Anderson yeah. or do you like heaven forbid Michael Bay like you know what what inspires What's you wrong from with a, Michael Bay well it's Transformers and <laughs> I mean I love hey, Transformers. there is a time for a Michael Bay film <laughs> Tyler don't listen we to love this you, they're, they're not Transformers <laughs> <laughs> I mean Bumblebee is amazing don't get me wrong but the idea of like do you have a, a style of filmmaking that you like yeah like I really liked uh, what was it Anna Kendrick and um, Blake Lively, what was that thriller they were in? A Simple Favor. A Simple Favor, yes. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was my inspiration kind of for this movie. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, like, that type of style where, like, you have the humor, you have, like, the, the drama, you have the friendships and stuff, but like, you keep getting hit with all these twists, and then you, but you have that lighting and that feel to the movie the entire time it's a thriller, yet you're throwing in comedy and you're throwing in friendships and you're throwing in sexy times and all this stuff, right? Sexy times. Sexy, sexy times. times. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We're keeping this PG, okay? <laughs> oh, don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> I'm warning people about the ice cream scene ahead of time, okay? <laughs> well, it's film, it's film. The story's got to tell itself, yeah. so yeah. You'll just have to watch the movie and find out. But yeah, everybody that's read the script is obsessed with that scene. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. And so I guess then after the film is shot, which we'll find out soon, then it goes, to, are your, your plan is to release it on Amazon, Netflix, festival submission. What's, what's the ideal goal for where the Emotion is going to go? Yeah, so I know Netflix is kind of hard to get into, right? Because you have to have like special agents and stuff. Okay, um, yeah. And you have to know people inside. So... We're going to try and pitch it to Netflix. Very if cool. Netflix doesn't want to pick it up or we don't get an opportunity to do so, we can self-distribute on Amazon Prime. So we'll yep. be for sure on Amazon Prime. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Um, I looked at the film festival route. I didn't really want to do them. No offense to film festivals. Yeah, um, no, no, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like That might change, right? It was just, it was because I've taken on so much right now, it was just like, it was going to be like another huge it elongates thing. the release process. I mean, yeah, Angela's sure. all about that with our short film. Like, yeah. it's a yeah. lot of work doing film festivals. It's yeah. rewarding, but it's a lot of work, too. like, the submitting and all, like, that type of mm-hmm. stuff, and then the marketing when they're in them. It's just, I, it could change. You know me. I, I, I tend to take on things. <laughs> 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 By the time we're done this, I may be like, oh, I have some time. Now I'll just, like, let's go the film festival route, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, totally. one thing I will say to touch on the film festival side of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I would say that the con of film site, yeah. uh, con of film festival would be number one, there is a cost associated with it. Yeah, yeah there is the, the cost of number yeah. one submission. Yeah, um, there's the cost of also supporting. Yeah. So if you submit to a, a film festival in LA, mm. there's the cost of 
covering your flight and yeah. covering that expense. Mm. Um, I would say that's the cons. The pros would mm-hmm. be that the people that you meet mm-hmm. at the film festivals. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. That yeah. is definitely, mm-hmm. we've connected with some really, really, yeah. mm-hmm. really, really fantastic people that we normally might not have done if we yeah. done the distribution Yeah, one's route. coming onto our show uh, in about a week from now, Michael Gavin Booth. Okay. Gavin, Gavin Michael Booth, sorry. Gavin. Sorry, Booth. sorry, Gavin. Um, but yeah, he's coming on to, to talk about his experience. We met him at the Hamilton International Film Festival when we debuted our piece recently. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the connections you can make at these things are so so invaluable right and become lifelong friendships usually that's the part that yeah i would say yeah. like, that's one of the hugest benefits to yeah. doing the film festival route mm. other than the fantastic <laughs> red carpet pictures for social media <laughs> <laughs> other than that um, i would say it's the connections that you can make um but i can also understand the direct distribution yeah. route too and yeah. that you don't yeah. have to wait yeah, yeah people do enjoy what you've made that's so true yeah, yeah. right well like, and amazon prime is so available all over the world right like it's easy to access for people you're not going oh okay absolutely. well if you're in canada you have to go here if you're over here you have to go here right like it, you can easily distribute it worldwide when you're going on amazon prime absolutely yeah. and they have that self-distribution option so yeah. absolutely yeah wow. so Should that's it, yeah. the road i'm looking at right now Again, it's me, so it could change. <laughs> Shoot for the moon, and maybe you'll hit Mars. <laughs> we need at least a we need a direction. <laughs> Whether or not we like take a little curve is dependent on like when we're done. Like I ideally, I think this movie would be best suited on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. um, just because it would give everybody the opportunity to watch. Who's been wanting like they've been following the journey and wanting Absolutely. to see it across the world. A hundred percent because yeah. films also have to get reviewed too. Right. So we yeah. found out that process from yeah. 400 days later yeah. where we had to, uh, as part of the submission process to festivals, mm. you get sometimes obviously bumped up a bit in terms of your, your viewable yeah. you know, content when you have your film reviewed by mm. oh, all these amazing reviewing companies that then mm. give you a shout out, but it's not, you know, you're not getting mm. a positive review, you're getting yeah. a real review. So, and we're very lucky that our reviews have been great, but yeah. you know, you do, you're putting your work out there to be reviewed properly, which is yeah. good. I, w- one thing I will say about mm. um, the process of creating any film, be it yeah. a short, be it a feature, mm-hmm. music video, web series, whatever it might be, yeah. it really is you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I know with 400 Days, we definitely, I mean, I, I didn't even know if yeah. I should be reaching out to media outlets or not. Yeah. Part of me thought that potentially I'd seen a lot of other films in the festival circuit had mm. done so. And so yeah. that's why I instinctively mm-hmm. thought to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Steven said, you mm. really don't know how they're going to be received. Exactly. And so right. yeah. a person like you, and yeah. like a, in my case, I have a social media background. I have a yeah. graphic design background. Yeah. So leveraging all of those skills to create like an electronic, what is it? An, an EPK. It's EPK, an electronic yeah. p- uh, you know, package kit. And that right? package so this was a, banger. That, you did, a good, so you did an amazing press, job of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a press kit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any skills you can do to help market your film. Yeah. Um, and see... That's part yeah. of the mastermind I'm in is with the mastermind I'm in is specifically on, well, they're, they're teaching business, but it was specifically for to get media and learn how to deal with media. But then they also bring in experts to teach you business and all that type of stuff. So that was, I, I hadn't seen anything like this before. So now I have with that mastermind, I have access to a PR coach who's been helping me get media placements. You've probably seen some of the articles Amazing. pop up on Instagram lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also have a business coach, Kari Michelson um, from Give Me a Break. Um, the old sitcom from way back when. So um, it's nice to have a business coach who was also an actress at one point mm-hmm. for Absolutely. coaching for that. And of course, having Sarah Reed as my PR coach, um, she looks over all my pitches and helps me before I submit Amazing. them. So I've been getting some great 
um, media placements from that. So that's going to be nicely done. Yeah, huge way to go. Yeah, for the film, like as you were saying, right? Because that media, it's it's free advertising. And I think, and and yeah. maybe, and, and like, please speak to this as well. But yeah. like, when I started this industry, yeah, I innocently, and I think many actors do think that mm. if you walk into a space, yeah. because we hear so many of these stories, right, where yeah. people walk into a space and they mm. think, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, they're going to see me. Yeah, and and suddenly, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Oh my yeah. God, they're going to see me, and I'm going to. Yeah be found yeah. and this is going to be my moment yeah but totally. what a lot of us sort of take time to discover is that yeah. a lot of this industry yeah. it's not just the creative there yeah. are a lot of other business aspects yeah. that go behind it yeah that help you propel to that next step well, you yeah. are your product open doors for you exactly yeah and i think that's like we were saying you need to have that business background because you don't just put a product on a shelf and it sells right no yeah, you as much as we would love <laughs> that that is the case, exactly. right? Like yeah. there's a lot of other things. It's the hustle. Yeah, right? and I, ideally, like any new actor, I would suggest taking some form of a business class, some form of a marketing a class, some form of a branding agree. class. Yeah, yeah. Because once you have those down, then the acting and training. Okay, you can consistently train in acting, but you need to be able to market and pitch and position yourself so that people want to work with you. And if you don't, then you can um, take the other route of creating your own projects. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Because I, I feel like both of us have touched on that, right? Like, there's not one way to get to a destination. Often we sit there mm-hmm. and we think, okay, well, um, casting's our only way into things, right? But there's not. Like, in no. today's age, you can create content anywhere on any platform. That's very true now, especially mm. as a cinematographer, too. I mean, back mm. in the day, let's say 20 years ago, 30 years mm. ago, you didn't have access to the kind of cameras that people mm. in film did. And yeah. so you didn't you you were only limited to the consumer brands that would give yeah. you that look. But mm-hmm. nowadays, especially in mm. all kinds of cameras, mm. not to go into technical route here, but you can buy beautiful mm. cameras. Anyone yeah. can. And you can shoot a production or you can rent a camera, too. Yeah. And it can look as good as mm. some things you might be sitting down to with a bowl of popcorn watching on Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. And if you're giving your excuse right now, even your iPhone can be used okay oh it can be a hundred percent Ange has this new iphone 13 because her phone plan expires so she got this new phone yeah. it shoots some prores and for those yeah. who don't know prores that's what films use yeah same with my 12 yeah i have that's my iphone 12 pro max yeah it's insane what you can shoot on it they shot the was it selena gomez music mm-hmm. videos with an iphone yeah so like no excuses people your smartphone can be used too until you get a camera yep it's all really yep. about lighting to be honest i mean that's another topic of discussion too but you can make any camera look good yeah I it's all about your lighting and your in your control of your of your production per se. Yeah, and I feel like that's another reason to bring on somebody like Steven for Tet because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I wrote this, but how do I bring it to life? So hey, oh, we'll talk. <laughs> There's lots of people we gotta talk about with this one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I the reason I'm bringing that up is because a lot of times we're like we don't do things because we don't know how to do them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you need to then pull in mm-hmm. people that do, yeah, or learn how to do it. Yes. And a team is so important for film because film has to have a, obviously a good eye from the director of photography, but you also need to have, here's one thing too, even on the microphones we're speaking on right now, you need to have good sound. And I I can't stress that enough. If anyone's doing a film project out there, invest some money in your cameras. Yes. But also get a good sound recordist Mm -hmm. because you will thank yourself a thousand times in post when you have a good sound recordist to capture all the nuances of not just the speaking, but the folly, the the things that you might see like something dropping on the ground or Mm. even just dead noise in the background to capture Mm. ambient noise. That's all what a 
hello, I'm being called from Pennsylvania. That's, <laughs> that's all basically what dedicates and dictates the success of a project is those small little things because you can make or break your audience with that. Yeah, and it, it's so funny because a lot of people will watch a video even if it's bad um, video, but they will turn it off if it's bad audio. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Oh, yeah, it yeah. makes a break, yeah, especially it's a, a YouTube-like yeah. rule of thumb. is like just yeah. even if you are limited on what you can do where you're shooting, mm. just have good audio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no excuses, yeah. people. Okay, you've heard it from us. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, this, like, is, this is amazing, and yeah. One, one thing I wanted to say, because it keeps going through my head, uh, you know, this, these are hard times. Yeah. Right? Mental health right now is yeah. not in a good place, especially yeah. for the arts. And one thing I will say, and this is speaking from experience, you know, during a time when there's been, and speaking particularly about the Canadian film market, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. are less projects shooting right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there are less roles to book right now Mm -hmm. meaning that for those of us who are trying the traditional route Mm -hmm. and sort of sitting waiting to be booked yeah you know it's going to be hard it's going to be trying Mm -hmm. and i think that the one thing that has definitely given me mental solace right now and i think maybe it's one and Mm -hmm. please speak to this like maybe that's one of the reasons you started writing too yeah but like doing the art that you love Mm. albeit whether it's film whether it's Mm. music whether Mm -hmm. whatever it might be whatever art form gives you escape right now from sort of the heaviness yeah even if maybe that isn't you in shining lights Mm -hmm. but it still gives you the opportunity Mm -hmm. to tell the stories that you care about Mm -hmm. maybe that is happiness you know like there is a happiness to be found in that and a value to be found in that yeah Um, well and it's taking your career and your life into your own hands not just sitting back and waiting for life to happen to you absolutely right and i think sometimes when we're sitting there waiting for life to happen to us, it can be depressing and mm-hmm. it can give anxiety. You feel like it's entirely out of your control. Yeah, you yeah. feel like it's Absolutely. out of your control. Where if you take the reins and even produce something small, like throw up a YouTube video, right? Just Absolutely. create something. Yeah. Um, you can. You feel like then you're in control of your career and your life, and you're not just sitting back waiting for people to hand you things because people aren't going to hand you things. You have to go out and get them. A hundred percent. I mean, yes, exactly. Because <laughs> yes. look at like an actor, for example, like a Danny McBride, for example. Yeah. We all love Danny. He's phenomenal on film. He's a great mm-hmm. comedian. Pineapple Express. Oh yeah, but <laughs> principles. And you know, he started yeah. out in these movies. He's done a great yeah. job with that. But then he started his own production company, and mm-hmm. then you have the Righteous Gemstones. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Principles. All these Vice Principles. Vice yeah. Principles. Yeah. So yeah. he's got all yeah. these productions that he he himself has created a production company with. Yeah. So, you know, even when opportunities, I, I don't know his personal circumstances, but it sounds mm. like he's created that next level of production based on his own pure love of it, number one. Yeah, for sure. But then he can outlet his creative ideas. And that's mm. a huge thing for, I think, people who want Zach to Zach Galifianakis did that with Baskets. <laughs> yeah, well. Zach Galifianakis. Baskets on Disney Plus. Oh, Check it out. So it's good. fantastic. Baskets I will, is amazing. For yeah. Sure. yeah. But sometimes it's a true point that as an actor, sometimes, yeah. like, yeah. I similar to you. Okay, yeah. I'll... I've always wanted to be in classical yeah. period pieces. Generally speaking, based on my yeah. look, I tend to be cast in sort of a lot of action roles, which yeah. don't get me wrong, I love them. Yeah. But sometimes there's something to be said for just writing the content that you want right. want to be in. You know, exactly. Write the content for oh, yourself. Yeah. We have a second short film coming Show up too. Show people you can. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, here's our shameless plug number three, number four. I've, I've lost <laughs> a count of shameless plugs today. But we're doing a, a film coming up called Fool's Game. And Fool's Game is a, uh, a short film that Andrew wrote. And it's a, just a 
fire script. So good. And it's going to be taking place in two locations, but this is a, a short film, so it's 20 minutes, so it's not a full-length feature. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is our second film. We made 400 Days Later, and now we're making Fool's Game, and mm. I have no idea what next year will be. Yeah. But they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, the first cast and crew mm. was five because of the pandemic. Now this is, like, a crew of 15 and a cast of five. So now we're at 20 people, and I have no idea where it's going to go next. But, you know, it's this kind of idea where the ball rolls and, you know, you, you take it by the reins. Yeah. And, and then you control it. And that's exactly what people mean to do. And often people just sit back, though, and then they're unhappy. So, yeah. Yeah. Just get out there. Get yeah. out there and shoot. It's, just take a risk. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. You may fall flat on your face. Mm. Just keep trying. Yeah. And if you don't know how, just literally just take the first right step. And totally. often that will just trigger something that they're like okay now i know i need to do this right and then yeah. i need to do this and then you just baby step it all the way there so and yes. then you're not throwing Absolutely. spaghetti against the wall yeah no spaghetti <laughs> throwing people <laughs> you like spaghetti. Well, listen, eat Jen. spaghetti don't throw it <laughs> well this has been awesome and uh thank you so much for coming on to studio 29 mm -hmm. and big shout out also to my co-host today filling in for eric <laughs> thanks for having me guys it was a lot of fun around maui lucky guy but uh, yeah, we're super excited to hear more and see more and plan mm. more, obviously, with The Emotional Terrorist. And mm. before we run, can you shout out your socials uh, on Instagram, handles that people could follow, both the, yourself yeah. so as well as the film? On all social media platforms, I'm Real Jen Gardner, except for YouTube, where it's just forward slash Jen Gardner. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Give her a follow, guys. She's fantastic. <laughs> check her out. Check Thank her out. You. All right. Well, that's it for today, but we will be sharing ideas and content and upcoming updates on Making these films art. Making art. Making art. Making <laughs> art. <laughs> All right. Thanks cheers. so much, guys.